You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast, and this is episode number 26. I am so thrilled to bring you a very special interview today with the talented Brittany Scott. Brittany is an apostolic singer-songwriter who serves with her husband Ryan as home missionaries in Seattle, while also creating music that brings hearts everywhere to Jesus. We discuss Brittany's new album, Miraculous, the details surrounding the first ever Battle Cry tour that she just wrapped up with Court Chavis and James Wilson. Brittany also shares her desire to encourage other creative apostolics and why community matters. It was such a pleasure speaking with Brittany and hearing her share her heart. So prepare to be blessed as we get right into it. This is episode number 26 that I am calling Cultivating a Creative Community with Brittany Scott. You're listening to the Hello Awesome Podcast. I'm JC, and this is the place where we get real, sharing truthful insights that will encourage us to make intentional choices in both life and business. I want to start conversations that not many young Christians today are having. Will you join me? This podcast is brought to you by my new book, The Glitter Effect. Have you ever spilled glitter? It's almost impossible to get every speck back into the bottle. This is exactly how our influence is with the people around us. What we say and do matters, especially if we are to reflect Christ. Are you ready to leave behind a legacy that shines for Him? Then grab your copy today on Amazon by searching for The Glitter Effect or head to the show notes for a direct link. Hey everyone, welcome back to the Hello Awesome Podcast. I have with me today someone very, very special. You may have heard of her. You may have heard of her music. I have Brittany Scott. She is a Christian musician and she has a new album called Miraculous and it is so beautiful. I am so thankful that Brittany has taken the time to be with me today and we will be getting into some questions about her music and the ministry. Brittany, take a minute to say hi, tell everyone who you are and what you do. Well, hello. I am Brittany Scott, as was already mentioned. Thank you so much for having me on the podcast. Um, I am, like you mentioned, a musician. I'm a songwriter and a Christian artist. And um, in addition to that, my husband and I are church planners in Seattle, Washington. Um, We have a lot, I think, going on in our lives right now. (laughs) Um, I've been working on music stuff for the past couple of years. And then, of course, the church uh, takes up the majority of our time or focus and energy. Um, and in addition to that, we are also on an adoption journey, which has been pretty um, exciting, and we are hoping to add to our family very soon. But um, we live in Seattle. It's, we love the Northwest. If you've never been to the Northwest, you should definitely check it out. Um, but that is kind of a little in a nutshell about me. And again, thanks for having me on the podcast. Oh, my pleasure. I'm so happy that we were able to make this happen I've been a fan through Instagram, which sounds like a theme to me every time I have a guest on, but (laughs) it's so awesome how God's been using social media to bring people together. I saw that you just wrapped up the tour, so can you tell me a little bit about that? Absolutely. Um, So the Battle Cry tour we just did a couple weeks ago, it's a collaboration really between myself, Court Chavis, and James Wilson. They are both also apostolic recording artists and songwriters. 
Um, and we decided to link up and kind of do something that's a little groundbreaking. It hasn't really been done in this way um, and, and do a tour across five different states. So um, it's an apostolic music tour. We did five concerts in five different states. Um, and that was all within one week. So that was pretty exciting and fast paced. Um, Brother Court Chavis actually said it really well when he shared one of our desires with the Battle Cry Tour is to prove that you can be apostolic and excellent at the same time. Mm-hmm. And we really feel that by the end of the uh, tour that we made that point, every musician, every um, background vocalist, every uh, person that works even behind the scenes just went above and beyond and proved that even within our apostolic space, um, we can do things with excellence and, um, and be excellent at our craft, which was, which was really awesome. Um, we -hmm. also want to pave the way really for young artists and songwriters. Um, we feel like within our movement, there's kind of been a lack of support and community among, um, apostolic creatives. And, um, we really want to give them a platform within our movement so that they're not looking to other places really to find expression and community, especially with the gifts that God has given them. Um, we believe that they need to be used in the church and for the church, and we can provide that platform within our movement so that they can effectively use those gifts that God has given them. And really, God completely blew our minds with this first tour. Uh, we're already planning the next one, which is exciting. We don't know exactly when it's going to happen yet, but um, we've got several churches and pastors already on board um, and, and asking us to come or ready to sponsor us, which is really exciting. So, um, yeah, we can't wait to see what God's going to build really through the Battle Cry Tour um, and all of the other ideas that we've got, you know, flying around our heads right now as we come off of the, the very first one. So definitely keep your eye out. It's going to be exciting. That is super exciting. Oh, I love hearing that. And it's so cool when I see apostolic creatives get together and do things like this because it is groundbreaking and it, it is a an encouragement to other apostolic creatives. And that's definitely a passion of mine and something that keeps coming up in the different interviews that I do. A lot of the things that I keep hearing from, you know, followers or people that see whatever I'm doing or my guests are doing is they are craving that community and they're apostolic creatives. Yeah. And it's like, all they know is that they're creative, they're apostolic, and their ministry is different from what they see, and they're not sure where it, where their place is. Yes, I, I totally get that. Um, I, one of the things that we did at the tour, we had like a VIP option, um, like ticket, and before the concert, we actually sat down, the um, Court Chavis, James Wilson, and I sat down with all of the VIPs and just let them ask questions, and I think a lot of the questions really stemmed from the fact that they haven't really seen an example Mm. of how to do what we're doing yet um and so some of the questions even to me seemed like well that seems like it would be a simple answer but in reality there hasn't been an example of it so they don't know what you know what being an apostolic artist or songwriter looks like um and that's something we really want to remedy and the whole community thing for sure that conversation came up so many times even just among our group on the tour um, all of us are, you know, working in music ministry in our churches and in our communities, but there's just something special and unique that happens when we come together and it encourages us, it inspires us, it kind of gives us, you know, a fresh energy when you're around people who are excited about the things that you're excited about and you can bounce ideas off of and 
and and just collaborate with one another. So I I'm really praying that God in all avenues, all creative avenues, that that God really helps us to focus on community and growing our community in the apostolic movement. Yes, definitely. I love that so much. So your new album, Miraculous, came out on May 10th. And I have to say it is so good. You had sent me some songs and I was like, yeah, this is like a Jesus. I am like renewing my life to you, but I'm also like full of joy and bumping my fist through this house, you know? Uh, (laughs) That's awesome. Thank you. (laughs) What has been the response to it on your end? Um, Well, the crazy thing with music creation is sometimes you don't always see a whole lot of the results up front because you're kind of creating something and sending it out. And then unless people like send you a message or tag you in something, you don't really see what it's doing. Um, But I will say so far, the response has been pretty great. Um, The songs are already being used by churches and at conferences. One of the conferences, Heart of Worship, is going on right now. And they actually used Miraculous this morning um, in their service, which is, it just always amazes me when when that happens because you just don't know you just don't know when you release something that you created you know out into the world what it's going to do and God has a, a way of uh, just completely blowing our minds with how he uses things and where songs reach and, and go but there's not like a huge I would say um, like oh you know a way to gauge a response to something like this um, but those little those little like things of somebody tagging me in a video or saying, Hey, we love this. We're going to use it. You know, all of those things add up. And, and to me, you know, that's what it's all about anyway. So I would say the response is great. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. I've seen some people tag you and I'm like, yes, keep sharing because as a creative person, I know how that feels sometimes. Um, That's how I felt during my book process and you know I, I had this book and I, I, I the book is out in the world now and I'm like okay are people even reading it I don't know <laughs> <laughs> right it's, it's so crazy because like being a creative person it really is I don't know it's just different because there's not like a good way to just judge a response to something you know you just don't know unless people tell you you don't know <laughs> right yeah so how have you seen God move through this new album um honestly I would say some of the greatest things I believe God is using this project and the last one um for is really coming back to that community it it's really helped not only me to make connections but also helped me to connect other people together um and so it's it's really helped make connections build community um and again pave the way for other apostolics um, I feel like there's a few of us right now that are really putting, like, focusing on putting out some great material, not just great as in like, oh, we sound good or, the, you know, the songs are good, but just the quality of the production even. Um, I, I think using those things is letting those behind us who are watching or that God is calling um, right now see, hey, I can do this too. Um, if they're doing it, then then so can I. So. I think that that's been a big part of how God has been using this music, which is crazy because my original goal, honestly, was just to write and record songs for the church from our apostolic perspective, from a perspective of, you know, truth and the apostolic doctrine. And um, like my focus has been writing songs that would remind us of who God is and who the church is because of him and because of his power. Um, We, like I said, are church planners in Seattle. 
and we battle a lot um, spiritually here in this area. And, you know, as in our country, even as a whole and around the world, there's just been a lot happening. And during all of that, I just felt like sometimes we can be a little timid or afraid. And um, as the church, we really can't be timid and afraid. Like we can't let the things going on in this world and the enemy keep us from shining our light as bright as possible. And so if I could write a song that would like remind the church as they're singing it, how powerful God is and the fact that he is in control and nothing can stop him. Um, and then remind the church how powerful they are because God has called them and his spirit is living in them and we can be a light and we don't have to be afraid. You know, if I can remind us of those things, I felt like, you know, I would be doing something of value, um, especially in the day and age that we're living in. So Mm-hmm. That was my initial goal as I got started. But while that is happening, uh, God had something even bigger in mind that I didn't even realize at the time. And now I just stand back really in awe and watch as his plans unfold. And, and I see all of these crazy things that come out of it, you know, going back to connections, the community and, and kind of paving a way for other apostolic, you know, artists and young people really to do this too. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. I love everything that you said, and I agree with it, too. That's just the climate that we are in, living in right now in the United States and in the world. We need music like this, especially as uh, apostolics. And I think the younger generation needs it so much more because they're bombarded, not just at school or at work, but now on social media. They can't get away from all this stuff that's out in the world. And so to bring forth songs that can bring their minds back to who God is and who we are meant to worship, I think that's a powerful thing. Absolutely. I agree. So I wanted to know, you chose Miraculous as the title. What was the process like when you were choosing the title for this record? So when it comes to choosing um, a title for a record, there's, I'm sure everybody has their own like, you know, thought process that goes into it. For me, I like to choose something that um, best represents all of the songs as a whole, because the songs I put out, I want them to feel not like just individual pieces, but as a body of work that supports, you know, each other nothing feels disjointed. <laughs> so, um, but you see the titles on this one, Miraculous, Prison Break, uh, King of Every Battle, Just Want You. Not every title represents everything as a whole. And I felt like Miraculous did because it supports the idea behind all of those songs. Um, another thing that goes into it is we check and see, you know, what other projects are out there that might have that name already. And um, if there's something that's, if there was a project that was super popular with the name Miraculous, then we might have questioned um, our choice there. But um, thankfully, there wasn't anything that really stood out or any song that was just called Miraculous on its own. So that ended up being the winner. And it really does represent all of the songs really well. Um, And then I would say the last thing that I try to consider is like the album art (laughs) and any type of marketing. Um, you know, that seems like a superficial thing. Um, it really needs to be considered. So for instance, I love prison break and, um, I love the name of the song. I love the message of the song, but when I'm like considering an album cover mm-hmm. with the words prison break, I'm like, I don't know if I really want to go that direction, <laughs> you know, a like picture of you leaving gonna... prison. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's just, I, I, I wasn't sure if that would represent me really. Um, so miraculous. We're like that, that will work. And it's something that I could definitely, you know, 
I, I guess it would represent me well on a cover or in marketing and stuff like that. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, I totally can see that. And as a, you know, visual person, um, that would probably be my process as well. Uh, I think there's a lot of different factors that you do have to consider when you are thinking of a title of an album. That's definitely something that I was thinking about too, is when you're thinking about the title and you're looking at the actual song, you do have to think about the visual that's going to go along with it because that's what people are going to share. They're going to share our cover to everybody. So, you know, Brittany Scott breaking out of prison. I'm not sure about that one. (laughs) (laughs) It would have definitely been interesting. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So do you have a favorite song from the album? I know that's like choosing Um, a child, but... (laughs) I would say it changes daily. I love them all for different reasons. Um, But uh, Just Want You probably has a little bit more of a pull because it's so emotional and it comes from a very real season that my husband and I in our church experienced. Um, Kind of a little bit of the story behind that song is that um, we had been having church in a storefront um, downtown for about two years. And oh my word, I love this little storefront it took a lot of work to get it looking cute and you know put together but when we finished with it you know it just every person that walked in was like it's so inviting and that's what we want them to feel when they walk into church um but unfortunately the building sold and everybody in the building had to vacate before the new owner took um possession of it wow so we were forced really to move out and we were looking for another place to go and just couldn't find anything in our budget. Seattle, the cost of living and and renting a space here is just crazy. So when you're starting out and a lot of the financial burden is on your shoulders, it makes it a little tricky. Um, And God really provided a miracle with that storefront and what we were paying for it was way less than what it was worth. So we couldn't really find anywhere to go. And we thought, well, in this in-between season, let's just um, have church in our house. So we thought we'll do like, you know, my husband said, let's do like 12 weeks in the book of Acts church. And um, he talked about, you know, during that season, he talked about all the different churches that started in people's homes in the book of Acts, which was pretty cool. But during that time, especially at the beginning, our focus was still on find a building, pray for buildings, you know ask for a building. Um, and it was taking up a lot of our, uh, our time, our effort and our prayers and kind of a little bit into that. Um, my husband came to the church and just said, you know, I think it's time that we stop. I feel like God wants us to stop just focusing on a new building and instead shift our focus back to him. So when we go to him in prayer, we're not going to ask for a building. We're not going to, you know, bring it up, but we're just going to go to prayer with the intention of spending time with him. Mm-hmm. And making sure that he's the center and the focus of everything that we're doing. Um, and if you were on the tour and you're listening to this, you probably heard this story already. But all of us have these stories in our lives where we get busy working for God. And none of it is bad. You know, we're, we were working and focusing on the church. My husband is bivocational, so he also has a, another full-time job. I'm focused on, on music ministry and, and songwriting, like I mentioned earlier we're adopting and and that's a whole different like financial burden on its own. Adoption is so expensive and we're kind of in the middle of the saving slash fundraising just so that we can, you know, make it happen. Um, so with all of that, like all of these things are, are things that God has called us to. 
And so none of them are bad, but we can get easily wrapped up in working kind of like Martha working instead of making sure that we're finding that good place like Mary did at his seat and just saying, God, I just want to spend time with you today. It's not about the ministry. It's not about, you know, the work. It's not about these things that tend to weigh me down that are, that are not bad things, but really it's at the end of the day, it's all about you. And I just want to spend time with you. I just want to be with you. Um, and, and because of that season in our lives that this song came out of, I feel like there's a little bit more of a, a connection to just want you from the project. That was the long answer to your question. <laughs> no, it was, I loved it. Um, and I do connect with that song as well. It's something that um, is a good reminder, especially when we are either busy in our personal lives or our brain is just busy with other things, especially mm-hmm. things that we are legit worried about that it's okay to kind of think on those things. But um, just the simple fact that we need to just fix our eyes back on Jesus just to be with Jesus. I love that. Yeah. I, I feel like it's connecting right now with the church too. Mm. Um, the song went over really well on tour, which is that was the first time really doing it live like that. So I'm, I'm excited to see where it goes. Cause I think that, I think it just can relate to so many of us. I'm, I'm, I think everybody has this story. So mm-hmm. um, I'm excited to share it with everyone. So what is it like to share your heart of worship with others? I would say it's, it's always a little scary and you probably feel this way too, just as a creative, anytime that you're putting a piece of yourself out there, um, it forces you to be vulnerable. And um, I have dealt with rejection in my life already. And so it's not, some, it's not fun. <laughs> and um, there are always going to be people that don't like, you know, what you're doing or attack you personally without knowing who you even are, having never met you. Um, but in spite of those things, you know, God, I think helps and gives us thick skin. <laughs> and ultimately, it's an amazing and humbling experience to be able to do this. Um, God has a way of taking the small things that we have to offer him and turning them into something beyond our wildest you know, expectations. And every time I see a video or hear a church doing one of the songs and I see the people respond to it, I'm amazed all over again. Um, one of the first songs that really happened with was only one that Texas Bible College recorded uh, back in 2014. And um, even still, when I see some, you know, a church doing it or a conference doing it and the people are just responding especially on that bridge when they're just you know one god one faith one baptism in the name of jesus when i see the church just respond to that even just watching the video my i just tear up because it's like it's amazing to me that that little song that i sat down in our little duplex in tennessee and you know wrote out on my piano has managed to reach so far and connect with so many people and that god has taken that little thing I felt like it was and turn it into something, you know, so much bigger. It's, it's just really amazing. Yeah, I definitely can relate to that. And that's so awesome when you do see it like that and you do see that response and see how God just took something that, first of all, that he placed in your heart first, and it's almost like a little seed. And then, you know, it just kind of blossoms and you kind of see yes. it develop into something way bigger than you could ever have dreamed. Yeah. And he has a way of doing that. It's crazy. 
you know, when you're faithful, faithful to those things that you feel like are the little things, Mm -hmm. he has a way of turning them into something so much greater. So, yeah, absolutely. And that's such an encouragement too to those who are listening that if there's something that God's placed in your heart, just wait on it, you know, keep plugging away, keep being prayerful, keep creating, don't stop creating because you never know what is going to touch somebody else's heart. And if it just blesses one person, then it's done its job. Exactly. I wanted to know, so who is your big influence on music? So this, this question is actually a little tough because, um, I, I mean, I've grown up basically doing music, I feel like, all my life. And there's been so many amazing people that have invested in me throughout my life, starting with my parents who just really provided opportunity for me to do music. Um, they, you know, supported me. They helped me with songs. When I was little, my mom would pick out the songs I was going to sing with the soundtrack and she'd help me learn the words. And, um, you know, they really just poured into me and gave me opportunity and other people in my life, pastors, um, you know, music directors. I've had amazing people like Dee Dee Cooley and David G. Rye at Texas Bible College, you know, pour into me. Um, so I've been around and connected to people who have invested in me but as far as my sound goes I just naturally gravitate toward contemporary gospel and it's not necessarily something I grew up with or anybody you know kind of shaped in me but I just feel like that particular sound it's it's really um I don't know that it's a marriage between that contemporary and gospel sound And I think it's a great example of what apostolic church music is all about. It's kind of a blending of genres and it has a very broad reaching effect. Um, So I don't know if I would say like any one person has really influenced my sound or, um, you know, music in that way. Mm -hmm. But I am thankful for all of the people who have invested in me throughout the years um, and encouraged me to, to keep doing this. Yeah, that makes sense. And I definitely can understand that, especially as, you know, like an artist. I don't think there is one person that I can say, you know, I'm obsessed with everything that they do. Right. I might have one that I gravitate towards more. But yeah, you kind of pull different inspirations and influences from different places and create something totally different. Yeah, which is great. I think, I mean, being able to kind of have an original sound and something that is specifically you is pretty cool. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. So if someone feels called to music ministry, what advice would you give them? So I would first say, um, you know, definitely be sure, pray about it, um, which you probably already have. And then you need to talk to your leadership, you need to talk to your pastor, maybe the music director at your church, and let them know that you feel like God is calling you in, you know, that particular direction and get their counsel um, and then submit to that counsel, which can sometimes be the hard part. Um, But honestly, having wise counsel in your leadership, um, really understanding, you know, from their perspective, what they expect from you, if you're going to move in that direction is important. There might be some areas of your life that they want you to work on. They might, you know, feel like you need to start by doing something else in um, church ministry, but you should talk to your leadership and you should submit to your leadership at your local church. And then um, one of the key things is honestly faithfulness. 
being faithful to what's in front of you is so important. Ask yourself what opportunities do you have right now to serve your church and community? And maybe how can you be a support to the music ministry of your church? Even if it's not a platform role, um, ministry, when it, you boil it all down, is really servanthood. And even in music ministry, it is servanthood. You are serving your church. You are serving your community. You are supporting and, um, and promoting the vision of your pastor. Um, so find ways to serve others, even if it's not necessarily in music ministry at the moment, or if it's asking your music minister at your church, like, how can I help you be more successful? You know, is there anything I can take off of your plate? Um, and, and doing those things and being faithful to what's in front of you, God will expand, um, you know, your opportunities. Uh, I would also say find a mentor. It might be the music director at your church. It might be a worship leader at your church. It could be somebody from a neighboring church or somebody else, you know, maybe someone from your state or outside of your state um, that's just willing to invest in you and uh, to challenge you and push you to grow. Having a mentor, I think, is super valuable because they've already been there and done that. <laughs> so they're going to be able to offer you advice um, and direction and hopefully help you avoid maybe some of the mistakes that they made. And then work on your craft. Um, this is a big one because sometimes we want the opportunity, but we're really not ready for it. Um, and we think, well, when I get the opportunity, then I'll prepare myself. But in reality, you need to be working on your craft now. You need to be growing. You need to be improving so that you're ready for whatever is next. And if you're doing all of those things, when the next door opens, you're going to be ready to walk through it immediately because you've been preparing yourself you know, before that opportunity ever, ever arrived. Um, and I think that God really honors that when we prepare ourselves, even when we don't necessarily have a platform, so to speak, um, yet. So if you do all of those things, God honestly will open the doors. If he's called you to do it, you just be faithful. You work on yourself. You do, you know, everything you can where you're at and make sure that you're faithful to those things and God will open the doors and lead you um, when the time is right. Yeah, absolutely. I love that, all of that. And I totally agree. You work on, you know, things that you can now, especially in the local church and see how you can be a blessing with the people that are around you right now. For sure. That's so important. I think sometimes we skip over that in pursuit of something bigger not realizing that, you know, that platform there and those people there are just as valuable and important to the kingdom of God. So serving them is, you know, is just as important as standing on a stage in front of 30,000 young people, you know. Mm -hmm, definitely. When did you realize that you were called into music ministry? Was it during childhood? Yes, I would say... Again, this is a little tricky. I started singing when I was about three, and surprisingly, I don't know why, but my church would let me sing specials. Even as like a seven, eight-year-old, I would sing at sectional events in our district. <laughs> I don't know. Apparently, they just saw something in me, and I appreciate that, but I've been involved in music ministry since a young age, and it's always just been a part of me. Um, when I was 13, I became the music director at my church because there was no one else there really to do it. And since then, I've just, I just, I don't know. It's kind of like breathing, right? <laughs> it's just, as a creative, I'm sure you, you can relate. It's just a mm -hmm. part of you. You can't not do it. 
Um, and, and so I wouldn't say that there was a particular moment when I felt called, um, but I definitely knew that the calling was there and it was something that I needed to um, pursue and that it would be a part of both my ministry and the ministry of my husband and I, as I supported him and what God has called us to do. So, Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, I think I was about eight years old when I just loved to draw and I had a teacher just encourage me to keep practicing and it wasn't wasn't like I really, you know, felt called to draw. I just loved doing it and then her encouraging me realized, oh, maybe she sees something, you know? Yeah, which is, is amazing. Like we all need to be doing that for others. <laughs> just like your teacher, we need to be making sure that we're looking around as I think especially as adults looking at young people and children and just encouraging them when we see potential um, because it does make an impact that lasts. Yeah, definitely. So you brought up your husband, Ryan, and you talked about being a church planner. And I want to know, what does that look like right now when you're traveling? So the traveling thing is kind of new for me. Um, And right now I've only been traveling about every other month. Um, I only miss a Sunday if I just can't avoid it. Um, but for the most part, I can be home um, on the weekends. Uh, going back to the whole like ministry thing in Seattle and the refuge are my first calling. Um, God has called us to this place to reach these people. And I'm, you know, here to support my husband in his calling as well. So one of the cool things we feel like in this season is that traveling is giving me the opportunity to bring exposure to what we're doing in Seattle. So um, that means more people praying, more potential connections in our city, um, just through people that we're meeting even in other states. Like, it's amazing how many people have said, oh, I have family or I have a friend that lives there. I need to get them connected with you guys. Um, Means more people giving. And honestly, that can seem a little, uh, that that topic can be a little iffy sometimes when you bring it up, but money equals ministry. So mm-hmm. you, you yeah. kind of got to have it to move the kingdom forward. So the more that people know about what we're doing, the more people feel called to give and invest in what we're doing. And eventually down the road, it's going to be more people coming to join our team as we reach Seattle. And I feel like God is already putting that seed into people's hearts and he's going to assemble a team that will be a support to us, but help us in our uh, vision in Seattle. Our, our goal Long-term goal is to plant five churches in five neighborhoods in the city of Seattle. Obviously, we cannot do that on our own, but um, the more people that hear that vision and know that we're here and what we're doing, you know, God is going to start calling and drawing some of those people as well. Yeah, he definitely is able for sure. So can you share any last words of encouragement for young apostolic singers and creatives? Um. Let's see. I, I've probably said this already so many times, but honestly, <laughs> faithfulness is key. Um, and then aside from that, I would, just, I would just say, remember, our ultimate goal is to make it to heaven and to take as many people as we can with us. And that calling really supersedes any other calling in our life. So if you're called to be a music minister, great. But remember that you're also called to be a disciple maker first. And sometimes it's easy to get caught up in the pursuit of these other ministries and callings that are, you know, legitimate and God really has put that into us, but we kind of forget that there's a world that needs us and um, we, every one of us are, you know, called to be a disciple maker and we've got to make sure that we're pursuing that just as fervently as any other ministry in our lives. 
I agree with my whole heart. I love how you put that and you put it so simply, but it's something that we tend to forget. We forget the simple things because we just are following after, you know, our passions and our hopes and our dreams and not like those are bad things, but if we don't have the main thing be at the center, then we will forget and we won't be actually doing what we should be doing. Right. That is so true. So, Brittany, thank you so much for taking the time with me. This conversation was so encouraging. Uh, But before we go, can you please share where everybody can buy your music and follow you on social media? Absolutely. And thank you again for having me. I really enjoyed getting to chat with you. Um, This has been super fun. And I'm I'm excited that there are more apostolic podcasts out there for us to listen to. So uh, thank you for doing that. Um, you can find my music on iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, Apple Music, just about anywhere else that digital music is sold or streamed. I would highly encourage you, if you like the songs, to go buy them, even if you do stream them. Um, streaming doesn't really support the artist, but if you buy their product, it does. So keep that in mind. Um, if you are a church music minister, you can also get stems and charts for all of my songs. Um, you can find them at BrittanyScott.com loopcommunity.com and praisecharts.com and then you can follow me on facebook instagram at Brittany scott and subscribe to me on youtube as well awesome thank you so much Brittany. thank you if you found this episode inspiring or helpful would you take a screenshot of it and share it on your instagram stories tagging me at hello awesome ministries it will encourage me that you were blessed Also, don't forget to leave a review and subscribe so you can tune into future episodes. To learn more about Hello Awesome, head to helloawesomeministries.com. Until next time, keep your chin up, beautiful.